what's up everybody lost boy cypher circle is back in session y'all already know what it is and if you don't i'm gonna tell you so now you do this is home of all things artistic you got a song a poem a rap a story some artwork whatever it is this is the place to come get your thoughts and your feelings heard um real quick i just want to apologize for last week uh i'm sorry we had to cut it off early we had a medical emergency um but everyone's okay. Everything's good, and I'm um, we're we're happy to be back. We got the whole we got the whole crew back. We got my two producer Brandon running the show for us, and we got two brand new artists and one that's been on here before. So I'm excited to get it get it going. Um, <clears throat> before we get started, as I always say, um, mental health is a big part of what we do. It's a big part of life in general. Um, anyone struggling out there with mental health, I just want to say. Um, We've, we've been through this before. We will get through this again. This too shall pass. Um, and, and you know, just keep using whatever it is, your outlet, whether it's art or whatever, to, to get that to get the pain out. And um, also, I mean, talking to someone helps. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds corny. And oh, somebody always says, you know, you got to talk to someone and you might not feel like there's someone to talk to. But there always is someone to talk to, a friend, a family member, um, a colleague, you know, one of the artists on the show. You can call me. I'll talk to you. Um, There's also a Lifeline Crisis. You can call or text uh, 988. uh, Lifelinecrisis.com is the website that goes with it. Um, They have some mental health resources on there for you to get some help. And there's also um, betterhelp.com. And what they do is they'll hook you up with a online therapist in under 48 hours, I think it is. And um, if you don't vibe with the therapist and you're not like, you don't connect with the person, they'll switch it out until you find someone who's easy to talk to. Um, Therapy is expensive. This is one of the cheapest options out there. So I hope some people find some help out there. Um, We had a short show last week. So unfortunately, I don't have a feature artist for you guys. So we're just going to jump right into it and bring our first artist up here. Um, He's been on the show before. He had some like powerful messages and he's coming out here saying some stuff that just not a lot of people are saying, but it needs to be said. And uh, I I can't wait to see what he's got for us again. Uh, His name's Chris Clark. He's a poet. He's a 20 year active duty soldier. So thank you for your service. Um, He's a nonprofit youth sports coach. So again, thank you for your service in coaching the the youth who are going to grow up and and take over the country and, and whatnot. Um, you can follow him at TikTok, um, at, on TikTok at the poetic one Z, um, that's the poetic one. And then a Z, um, on Facebook at the poetic one. Um, and you can also join his Facebook group. If you want to connect with other poets, um, it's called poetic excursions. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's just, uh, get him up here, man. Tom. In a dark place, a dark space, circumvented from reality, but face it. To live or die is the question to the adjacent. It's the misplacement of the mind over time reminds. Caught and bound by the chains, what change? Can it be clear and obvious? Doubt it. Been in this world wandering since I sprouted. I shouted to the highest mountain, lead me, Lord, to the fountain. I'm drowning in what life is bringing. The tunes I'm singing are drowned out and my mouth is dry. 
but I know I must rely on what your voice is giving. I need it now in the life I'm living. Unwavering and unforgiving, I am relentless. I meant this my declaration to give my mind its independence and remove the remnants of its very existence. Hey man, how you doing? I'm still muted, my fault. What's good? Uh, good. What's going What's up, on? Man? What's going on? How you doing tonight? Hey brother, um I'm I'm, I'm doing well. I'm highly blessed and favored. Um, thank you for another opportunity to be able to come on the show and uh, and share, man. Um, how yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. I got two um, amazing writers. I got an amazing poet on here, and I'm I'm excited to uh, have another show, dude. This is this is dope. I, I honestly love doing. This. We've been doing this for uh, this is our tenth show now, and I think you were you were back on our fifth fifth show. So. Um, yeah, we've been doing we've been doing this for a while, and uh, I'm I'm liking it, and uh, I hope everyone out there is liking it. I hope the artists are liking it. I mean, I, I've had I've had quite a few people coming back on, so, so clearly I'm doing something right. Oh. Yeah, man, you're definitely slow. Like I said, uh, backstage, man, slow and steady is the stride, bro. Slow and steady is the stride. You know what really? I mean? Just uh, we just got to keep working at it. You know what it is that we do on a daily basis to get better. Um, so, you know, hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So I mean, you've been on here before, but for those of you, for those who don't know you, uh, you want to talk about a little bit about yourself? Uh, so um, I've been in the army for uh, almost 21 years. Um, been doing this thing since I was real young. Uh, I enjoy poetry. For me, um, my poetry is my is my therapy. Uh, I'm a father, a husband, uh, the president of my nonprofit organization uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, High Impact Sports. Uh, we work with the youth in the community. Um, I've been a basketball coach for almost 20 years now as well. So I mean, it's all, it's all about you know how it is that we can improve, uh, what it is that we can do on a daily basis to get better, and you know, every day are we giving 100 percent to whatever it is that we do, you know. So um, uh, that that's really where it's at, man. And uh, uh, when we're ready to get into these pieces, I just um, everybody take a listen here, you know, and um, take it from there, guys. Absolutely, hell yeah, man. Well, thank you for serving our country and thank you for serving our community and our youth. And uh, so, um, what's the what's what's the first one of these pieces you're gonna get into? All right, so the first piece um, that I'm doing tonight is tested. All right, All right. cool. I dropped myself out of you. Let's get all ready. All right, let's get it. Tested. I am not your average. I'm the savage that came to ravage your very being. I am that stinging, ringing that is constantly in your ear. I am the fear, the dark, the laughter, the snark, the dig, the dive, the bees that swarm from the hive, the hype, the grit, the thick, the shit that you only dreamed of. The steel, the peel, the steel, the peel, peeling back the layers of skin, the lead that sinks deep within 
the water, the bowl, the fire, the hose. I am that demon you want to sniff up your nose. The racks, the racks, the stacks on stacks. I am the thing that you call packed, tucked away in an undisclosed location, patiently waiting for hand-to-hand -hand transaction, the foot race, the finish, the life that you're living with returns that are diminished, the cake, the joy, the girl, the boy, the changing of this world where we don't know the difference. The persistence of our very existence, creating distance from further from reality, the truth, the pain, the brutality of the sick principalities that lead to fatalities and terrible legalities. The battle, the song, the right and the wrong. How long do we wait? How long do we anticipate the sound from human existence to finally dissipate and create a world where we can live in harmony? Without the thought of someone harming me or disarming me as we fall into the ranks of the fallen army, the peace, the war, the tragedies galore, the piling of the bodies all along the floor, the smoke, the shells, the hate, the hell. Today, I stand up from where I once fell to be on the path and the road to good, wishing all that could and would join in the fight to battle the norms, to endure the pain and to weather the storm. From wind to rain, to tears of joy, from a man to a child, to a girl, to a boy. Why have we treated God's creation as a toy? For we are not the creator of all. And one day he will come back and topple us all. But for you who haven't believed in Jesus Christ before, he will soon be here to settle the score, the earth, the heaven, the bread, unleavened, the word, the book, the pages they tell of a day of rapture that will uprise hell. So while you're here on this earth to live, pay homage to God and let him know that you are here. And these are the words of the poetic one. So let it be written. So let it be done. God damn, bro. That shit was powerful as fuck. As always, your words are powerful as fuck. And yo, your your rhyme scheme was crazy. Like the way you're putting words together and then that flow where you it's like the, the calm poetic flow, and then you like rate like raise the tempo and, and the and the you know volume of your voice for emphasis and you'll go back down and it like flows seamlessly. That's fucking, that was dope, dude. That was super dope. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Anybody listening, yo, I appreciate, I appreciate the love as well. Yo, thank you. Um, again, Dylan, man, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, um, uh, to share again, man. Like it's, uh, yeah. it's always good to have that opportunity to share with others, you know? So yes, sir. Absolutely, man. What uh? So what? What inspired that piece? Uh, I mean, it was just more of like um. So my poetry kind of comes to me, right? I don't necessarily have topics or anything like that. And this actually came to me one day while I was driving. So I had to like get home and like get on the phone and just start and I just start typing. So the so like the cadence and the flow of it 
So I just wrote this. Like this is just me, you know, throwing the words, throwing the words at the paper because as it's coming in here, I gotta get it out, right? And um when I read it, there was only one, there was only one way to read it and or perform that. You know what I'm saying? It the way the words flowed from it being written. So that's why it came off. Now I've actually uh I've done this poem on on Clubhouse. Um and stuff like that. And the only thing that everybody kept saying was you was on that that, that DMX flow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I want that shit on my playlist for real. Uh yo, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring um I'm gonna bring the other artists up and see if they got any questions for you or uh any comments about, right. about your stuff. Sure for sure. Uh, anybody have any questions or comments for uh Chris or the poetic one? I was <clears throat> myself. I was really impressed. Um, Thank you. That's, I mean, that's rap poetry that I'm not accustomed to, and I really enjoyed it. A lot of people don't oh, well, know. I, I appreciate I told, that. I told Chris this earlier tonight. I actually, um, I don't believe he knew. Rap actually stands for rhythm and poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it, it is it's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, J uh, Edward, sorry. Thank you, James. Thanks. Where does your inspiration come from? Uh, I mean, from so many different places. Uh, man. Um, you know, different places, man. Life in um, life in general, you know. Depending on what my what my pieces are, I mean, some are like. Some are real life. Some are, you know, I could just be sitting somewhere and like the thoughts just start to come. Like this poem, to be to be honest, it was, you know, some things going on, work, home, you know, right? And so it just was accumulation of things, society, like everything that kind of bothers you, you know what I mean? And then like it was all jumbled in my head, so I had to throw it on paper, you know? So that's my release. I get that. Sorry. I get that a lot. I know that's a loaded question for an artist, but it. Oh, we lost you for just a second. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it went out. I think oh. it's uh, audio went out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it went out. I think it's uh, audio went out. Yeah, it did. No, what I was just saying is that 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 was a loaded question for an artist. Uh, my own experience is that, you know, sometimes you're minding business and it kind of slaps you in the face. The inspiration just the words got to come out. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. Like you could it may exactly. just be that's, a small exactly. trigger. It may just be like it like you anything, could, it you know what I mean? And then, these words got to get up out of here. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Sorry about the echoing, guys. I, I don't know where it's coming sure. from, but... For sure. Sorry about the echoing, guys. I, I don't know where it's coming um, from, but... We're, we're getting I appreciate more. you guys' input and, and um, comments. Does anybody have anything else? Input and, and comments. Does anybody have anything else? 
All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you guys out of here and we'll uh, bring the next artist up, which I believe is Edward. Let's play his flyer, guys. Uh, well, actually, first, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he also goes by the name to Tobin Frost um, as a writer. He's a poet. He's an author. He's a screenwriter, an actor, a producer, and a director. Um, his production company is called Catching Smoke Films. Um, he's got a book out on Amazon now called Catching Smoke. Um, he's got another book in the works um, called Amble, or Amber. Sorry, uh, It's available for pre-order now on TobinFrost.com. Um, Amber is also a screenplay that's being developed into a uh, movie. And if you want to support the funding for this movie, it's being crowdfunded on SeedAndSpark.com. Uh, so go check that out. And you can also follow him on Edward Bates um, on Facebook. So now let's play his flyer and get him up here. Prisons of Our Own Mind by Edward Bates, written as Tobin Frost. In shadows deep where fears take hold, we wander lost and weak. Alone we build our self-made jail, an eerie tomb we seek. With iron bars our thoughts do bind, we wear darkness like a cloak. Both proud and meek alike endure these ghastly chains that choke. Every heart entwined in dread, each captive to the beast we spoke, creating prisons of our minds, a realm of woe bespoke. Escape we crave, yet feed the beast, the shackles ever tight. Our trembling hearts' relentless snares, sealing our dire plight. Freedom draws beyond the cage, where courage meets the night. Hell yeah, man. I, I like that piece that you sent me for your flyer. I really, really enjoy that piece. Uh, you got you have such a way with words, and it, it's, uh, it's paints a very chilling um, picture, but it's... Uh, uh, very, very descriptive. I, I like, I like how you use your words and, and, and paint a very, very descriptive picture. Um, so hey, anyway, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I got you. Tonight, man. You're good. I'm, do I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good day, oh, you know? You. Good. That's good, man. That's good. You know, a lot uh, of things so, are uh, happening whilst... over here. Got That's good, man. That's working good. on the, uh, so, uh, whilst... oh, Sorry, Sorry about, about that. that. There's a little bit of lag. Sorry about that. Go, There's go a little bit of lag. Go, go ahead. No, like I said, I've got a lot of things going on, doing a lot of writing, a lot of reflecting. Writer's life, you know. Yeah, I know how it is. I know how it is. Finding the time yeah, to actually do it. I know how it is. Finding the time to actually do it. No. <laughs> And then, and then getting in the right mind space to. I appreciate your show, and then, though. And then I getting mean, in the right mind space. To, thanks. To, I appreciate. I appreciate you coming on. But thanks. I appreciate. I, appre I appreciate you coming on. What's that? I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I appreciate the show, man. I mean, there there need to be more outlets for. Uh, uh, artists to get their their work out there. 
You're doing absolutely. a great job. Thank you. Thank you. So um, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. And like, what so uh, why don't you start? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, like, well, what got you started? well, I'm I'm a, a writer, an author, and a filmmaker in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Picked up the pen name because when I started writing, uh, it was usually about people I knew and family and things of that nature, and I didn't always want them to know that I was it was me writing about them. So I picked up the name Tobin Frost and been writing under that name ever since. And uh, now I'd like to write about things of the human condition. Um, so I read a lot about, you know, feelings, emotions, uh, mental illness and homelessness, because that's the voice that's uh, talking in my head. Definitely get that, man. Definitely get that. Yeah, you got to write. You got to write about. Definitely get that, man. Definitely get that. Here and, and, you know, like. Yeah, you got to write. You got to write about. No matter what it is, you, you know, have like, to, I mean, I've had some artists on here write some stuff that no matter what I, it is, you have to, I mean, I've had some artists on here write some by. stuff that but, um, I would like have to do with the human condition. Wise, not a lot of people talk about, but, uh, um, and I love to have the show as a human condition. A lot of people talk about just whatever, and to have the show as. I appreciate you coming on here and everything doing that. Human, whatnot, so. I appreciate you coming on here and doing that. Uh, thank you for allowing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's the first piece uh, you're going to be sharing with us tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what's the first piece you're going to be sharing with us tonight? Uh, the first piece is a, a short poem. Uh, called uh, to sleep. All right, cool. Draw myself out of here and. Uh, we'll All right, here. cool. Draw myself out of here. To sleep, to sleep, to dream, to live. In somber whispers, the night stirs each muted rustle, wrestling, breathing life into serenaded silence. We are cradled and twined in a tangle of limbs and dreams, a ghostly wail aloud, a breath of fury and fire, a lover's warm embrace, a lonesome desert trek beneath closed lids, worlds unfurl, gripped in terror, and we succumb to depths of their disquieting allure. A soft potion to calm the storm, a whisper of melodies upon night air, a weight to anchor our restless minds, a sleep to aid, to hush the frayed edges of reality, gifts laden with steadfast surrender, unfathomable slumbers we delightfully encounter, to awaken from the poised embrace, rekindling forgotten memories of revelation to sleep, to dream, to live. Thank you. That was amazing, man. Once again, you have such a way with words and you have such a way of like painting this, this vivid picture this, in my head. And, and this vivid 
your picture in my head and to it like the way you sort of paint the same picture and evoke a feeling not only that you have an excellent reading not only that Excellent, excellent, excellent voice. Diction, and, and just, like, I, I listen to a lot of audio books. Thank you very much. I grew up in a family of English teachers, so it was a hard life, but it benefited me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, I had, I had, um, yeah, I, had yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, I had, I had, um, I've always been signed had a knack for English, but I understood, but uh, I kind of, it wasn't necessarily the teacher's pet, sort of like, I was doing that, I got along with the teacher's pet, I was doing that, I got along with the teacher's pet, I could definitely see how strict they were, you know what I mean? I, I, I could definitely see how strict they were, and uh, I, I think keeping them closed, especially the English ones. <laughs> yes. Well, I went to school where my mom and my grandmother taught. So while the other kids got notes sent home with to their mothers, oh. my teachers called my moms down to my class. Oh, and man. That just wasn't oh. fair. <laughs> That's oh, <sucks>. man. <laughs> Oh. That sucks. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. So, uh, uh, ask you, I'll ask you a little bit about the piece. What what inspired it? Uh, so, uh, ask you, I'll ask you a little bit about the piece. What what inspired it? Um, well, um, and I'm sure a lot of other writers are going to identify with this. For some reason, things come to me at four o'clock in the morning. They 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 wake me ideas wake me up and demand be written down someplace. And, um, and this particular one is one of those. It's, it, uh, I, I was sound asleep, dreaming wonderful dreams about wonderful places. And then this poem decided to wake me up and, say, and demand to be written down on a piece of paper. And, and this is what it is. And uh, it was basically a poem about my dream or my dreams and my dreams becoming life and so is to dream to, to to sleep to dream to live manifesting manifesting your reality manifesting like manifesting your reality exactly exactly i like it yeah i i like to think that most of us who read live with one foot in an imaginary world and basically, we're just translating that imaginary world so other people can see it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, absolutely. We're we're yeah. we're. I mean, we're creating. Yeah. We're creating. Uh, absolutely. We're we're, we're we're. I mean, we're creating. We're creating for this whatever this energy or this or this story or whatever energy or this. Exactly, exactly. And if we don't explode, <laughs> we, we can't, Absolutely. 
we can't keep it inside so we have to we have to we have to export it to some place and it's usually to paper yeah yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, I like you were saying about. Um, yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Just, I mean, I like you were saying about. Uh, um, the, you know, uh, just I have a piece myself, and the first line is uh, three I have in the morning. Myself, and, the and the first line is three in the morning. Yeah. Dark <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring uh, the other artists up yeah. and see if they have any questions yeah. or comments for yeah. you. Um, so I'm going to bring uh, the other artists up and see if they have any questions or comments for you. Thank you. Oh, man, Ed, just want to tell you, man, that was a uh, that was a great piece, brother. In your voice, the way that it resonates. I mean, um, yeah, it definitely it definitely attracts you in and pulls you in. Um, it's almost like a sonnet, man. I I liked it. I liked it a lot. So yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> my piece is going to seem boring in comparison to y'all's because it's just prose. But uh, I, when I write poetry, it's haiku. So three lines, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, five, and seven, seven. five, five seven five. We like it all here, man. We we like we like all that haikus, raps. I mean, I, like I said uh, at the beginning I, of the show, this is home of all things artistic. You know, I, I had someone on here uh, two weeks ago that was just she makes all, all things and she's throwing it up on the screen and talking about it. Uh, you know, she draws and she doodles, and I had her. Uh, up here. Um, but yeah, like haikus, anything, anything is art. Pretty much anything is art. As long as it comes from here and, and you know, uh, as long as, and, and, you know, um, anyone else have any questions or, or comments, um, for Ed? All right. Well, um, then I will move us on and we will, uh, get to you, James. All right, guys. Um, First, let me tell you a little bit about him. His name's James Norris. He's an author and poet. Um, he's also developing a board game right now based on the 1973 uh, short story collection of short stories, and um, I believe it was also a film. It's called A Boy and His Dog by Harlan Ellisons, and uh, so he's developing a board game um, based on that movie, um, and he'll be running a Kickstarter campaign for the board game on... Um, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm just going to spell it www.ocetacea.net slash games um, in late October and early November. Uh, November. Um, so if you want to go check that out, um, and you can also go check check him out at um, www.ocetacea.net um, slash James Norris or on linkedin.com at James Norris. He's also got an IMDb, IMDb writer page um, that's also under uh, P, uh, is under his name, P. James Norris. And uh, you can follow him on Facebook at P. James Norris. So um, that is about him. Let's, let's play his flyer and uh, get him up here. Wind by P. James Norris. The wind is blowing again, as it has every night since I moved here. Tonight's different, though. There's an expectation. Not in the voices, but in me. Somehow, I know it's happening tonight. 
I anxiously try to drown them out. I play the stereo as loud as it will go. I vacuum, run the dishwasher, the washing machine. But they drop in pitch, so low they cause the whole house to vibrate. It's too much, like the house is talking, possessed by the voices. I turn everything off. They return to the normal, high-pitched, coming in snatches, just out of sync with the howling wind. Listen. After a few weeks in this house, I'd hear the voices and glimpse shapes blowing past the windows so fast I couldn't recognize them. Blown by the wind. Watch. I told myself they were common things. Pieces of newspaper, bags, leaves. But I never found them trapped in the fence the next morning. Later, I realized the voices were putting words with the shapes. Learn. When I was young, I used to dream I was out in a strong wind. Raising my arms, the wind would lift me off the ground. The higher I lifted my arms, the faster I would rise. I could fly, but I always flew too high, always lost control. Shortly after moving here, I had the dream again, and tonight the voices are making it come true. I'm being changed. Understand. Tonight I will. In the dreams, I always lose control. Hey, how you doing? Just, just fine. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I like that piece. Uh, much like Edward, you have a way with words of painting a very vivid picture. Um, and I, I really like that about you and, and, and the way, and the way you wrote, um, it's, um, ve it's very different, but it, parts of it for me are va vaguely reminiscent, um, uh, of the Raven, um, by, uh, Edward, Al Edward Allen, Edgar Allan Poe, sorry. Um, um, and, and he's one of my favorite artists and he, he definitely, for the, one of the same reasons is he, he just paints that, that very vivid, vivid picture in your head. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about, about that piece that just played? <clears throat> There's my, my favorite science fiction author is a fellow named David Brin and he's written several books. Um, and he has, I think two collections of short stories and one of them, he, at, at the end of each story, he gave you a little information about his inspiration or what he was trying to accomplish with the piece. And one of them, he said, was a precision short story, meaning when he sat down to write it, he had a certain number of words that he was going to shoot for. Mm -hmm. And it was a 250-word precision short story. And I said, man, that's a cool idea. I wonder if I can write a short story that will be, you know, exactly 250 words. And yeah. that was the inspiration really for that piece. Wow. Well, that was, that was excellent, man. That's, that is tough. Um, I myself have done that. Um, it was actually a hundred words that I had to land it at, um, which for those of you who don't know, that's, that's like a paragraph. <laughs> that's a hundred words is like a paragraph. So I mean that that piece uh, is is probably what like two 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 and a half paragraphs at, at the most, um, and that's that's tough to do. That's yeah. tough to do, uh, especially just with being that descriptive and and not not necessarily. Uh, you don't necessarily have to say a lot to say a lot. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. you can convey you can convey a lot of ideas and and thoughts um, in your word choice um, and your word choice is excellent. Um, and, and you really, and that was, that was fantastic. Like I said, I know how hard that is. And I've, I've had friends 
who um, have done that. I actually, um, in one of the classes that I took there, that was the challenge. We all had to do that. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, it was very difficult for all of us. Um, but yeah, yeah. Excellent. But I appreciate you sharing that one with us. And um, for, I, I talked a little bit about you, but if, if you want to um, tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you got going on. Um, well, me. back in the mid eighties, I wrote, I, I, I started writing back in the mid eighties and my writing was uh, four spec scripts for Star Trek, the next generation spec is short for on speculation, meaning you write it and you just hope that uh, the producers will like it. None of them got produced, but the first one made it into the top 10 out of 110 spec scripts left for the third season producer by the second season producer. So it got me a letter that allowed me to submit the subsequent ones without representation, which was a big deal back then. Um, about the same time, I started working on what I'm going to read tonight, The Order of the Brotherhood. And um, the writing dropped off when I left for grad school. And back in the uh, early 20 teens, I started writing again, and I've got five novels in progress that I've got anywhere from 20 to 80, uh, 60,000 words on. The one I'm going to read tonight, Order of the Brotherhood, I've got uh, something like 25,000 words, so I'm a quarter to a third of the way done with it, I hope, <laughs> because I've set myself the goal of having it completed by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get how that is. I get how that is. I mean, I have, that sounds like this has a, been a work in, work in progress. Um, but I, I mean, I have a couple stories that I've been waiting to tell and I've, I've written multiple versions of them and, you know, um, just trying to find the right way to put it out and the right time to, to, to get it all together and put it out. Uh, so I definitely, I definitely get how that is. Uh, that's crazy though. You got five five books in progress. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so the yeah, the one you said you're gonna read tonight is uh, the Order of the Brotherhood. Yep. First, it's, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Were you gonna ask a question? It's it's the first chapter. Yes, yeah, just it? the first chapter. Okay, cool, cool. Nine pages, right. so I'm gonna be going for a little while. No, perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. All right. I'll drop myself out of here and we will start the story time. Okay, so this is the first chapter of The Order of the Brotherhood. Dr. Ben Hyam, the Memorial Medical Center, Springfield, Illinois, May 24, 2037, 484 days after the disaster. Dr. Louisa Ben Hyam sat next to her dying mentor and friend, Dr. Amanda Tipler, holding her hand. Amanda was sleeping, as were many of the other 49 diphtheria patients in the contagious ward. The others were coughing, crying, or moaning, depending on where they were in the disease's trajectory. Regardless, without antibiotics, without the diphtheria antitoxin, more than, none of them were more than a few days from the same fate as her friend. But for now, Louisa was aware of, unaware of the others. Her focus was on Amanda, this patient, alone. Louisa had difficulty thinking of her 
dying friend is her patient, but for now she had to find the discipline to do so. Amanda had developed the classic diphtheria bull neck three days ago. Yesterday, the swelling had become so pronounced that Louisa had been forced, forced to perform a tracheotomy. Even so, Amanda's breathing was labored. She suddenly gasped as her throat muscles convulsed, and she gripped Louisa's hand painfully. Her eyes opened, and she weakly called out, Lou? Louisa reached out with her other hand and stroked the older woman's sweat-drenched hair off her forehead. She leaned in so that Amanda could see her face, her friend, her patient, who had reported paralysis of her eyes late last night. Louisa could not tell if Amanda could focus, though her pupils remained responsive to light. I'm here, Amanda. Water? Louisa grabbed the water-soaked rag sitting in the bowl next, on the table next to Amanda's cot. When she released Amanda's hand so she could squeeze a few drops of water into the suffering woman's mouth, paralysis of her throat muscles had made it impossible for Amanda to drink from a glass. Even swallowing a mere, mere drops was clearly an effort. Amanda tried to say something, but her breath escaped through the tracheotomy tube. Reaching across her friend, Louisa brought Amanda's left hand up to her throat and the trach tube. Amanda felt for its aperture, and placing her index finger over it, wheezed, Tracheotomy? Yes, last night. Nodding weakly, Amanda took her fingertip off the tube's opening and took a breath. Blocking the tube's airflow again, Amanda tried to say something, but Louisa could not make it out. Louisa placed the rag back in its bowl and discreetly wiped her eyes with her left hand. She took Amanda's again. Amanda lifted her finger and struggled to swallow. Louisa could hear her ragged breath through the tracheotomy tube. She watched as her friend struggled to breathe against the growing paralysis of her respiratory muscles. After a few moments, Amanda slowly turned her head. Louisa could tell the swelling in Amanda's neck made doing so difficult and painful. Louisa suspected Amanda wanted to look her in the eye. The effort made Amanda's breathing even more ragged. When she, her breathing relaxed somewhat, Louisa could see her try to wet her lips with her tongue. The surgeon in Louisa was uncomfortable with a patient, any patient, manipulating medical equipment, but, he for, but she forced herself to look her mentor and friend in the eye. New cases? Three new came in this morning after sunrise. Amanda's eyes closed briefly before she whispered, Accelerating? Louisa nodded, yes. Amanda closed her eyes again, and Louisa was thankful because the tears were flowing freely down her face now. Louisa had joined Memorial staff at 28, fresh out of her pediatric surgery internship at the University of Chicago Medicine, just a little over a year before the disaster. Amanda had immediately taken the young pediatric surgeon under her wing, a somewhat odd pairing. The older doctor was Memorial's chief general practitioner, but the two had hit it off immediately. Amanda had once confessed to Louisa that she'd wanted to be a surgeon when she first entered med school, but had learned she simply didn't have the stomach for it. And then, within a year, both had found themselves in a situation which neither had been trained nor ever anticipated. Amanda's husband, Timothy, Memorial's chief of staff, 
had been killed trying to protect the hospital's backup generator kerosene supply from thieves. Amanda and Timothy had been married 38 years, longer than Louisa had been alive. Such a loss would have crushed Louisa. But Amanda had rallied the staff and prevented thieves from stealing the non-perishable supplies just days later. Louisa had never understood how surgery could be too much for such a woman. Then, within days, the terrorist diphtheria variant had swept through the Midwest and decimated the memorial staff. Amanda was suddenly Memorial's most senior physician. Louisa was in awe of her by then, and her admiration had only grown since. Despite her squeamishness, Amanda had immediately begun assisting Louisa in even the most complex surgeries. Not that there was much they could do without the technology destroyed by the electromagnetic pulses of the nuclear bomb set up by the terrorists. Amanda had had almost no surgical experience, but she had often been seen, she had often been able to see how to make do, how to work the app, work around the absence of the surgical technologies with which the younger surgeon had been trained. She'd always been there, helping Louisa cope. And Amanda had learned surgical techniques as she assisted and helped Louisa come over, overcome the better trained surgeon's weaknesses. And the older doctor had done what she could do to teach the younger doctor how to deal with patients. For a surgeon, there was often no patient, just a broken body that needed repair. What might be done might be difficult, but it was straightforward. But dealing with emotions, a general practitioner usually dealt with the unpredictable tangle of the patients and their guardians' emotions. To Louisa, it was paradoxical. What Amanda had learned from Louisa, Louisa seemed so trivial to Louisa, and what Louisa had learned from Amanda seemed so profound. If, in fact, Louisa had truly learned anything, dealing with people still seemed so alien to her, but the disaster had served to bring out the surgeon lurking in Amanda. Louisa could not bring herself to see herself as having half of Amanda's strength and resourcefulness, and that incredible woman was dying right in front of her. Amanda wiped her eyes again and tried to clear her nose as quietly as possible, but Amanda could no longer inhale hard enough to clear her nose. But she had something she had to tell her dying friend. She said Amanda and waited for her mentor's eyes to open. Amanda sighed through the trach tube, opened her eyes. Yes, maybe she could focus. Maybe she could see Louisa's face clearly. Maybe she already knew what Louisa had to say. She wanted to rush through it, to say it and get it said. Amanda, I completed the urine work. It wasn't the urine, it was Amanda's. I completed your urine work. She forced herself to speak slowly. The, dip the diphtheria toxin has spread to your kidneys to deliver her friend's death sentence with dignity. Without the antitoxin, Amanda squeezed her friend's hand and covered the trach tube opening again. She quietly breathed. I know, child. Another squeeze. It burns when I... Act Amanda actually smiled. Pee. Louisa did not know what to say, had evidently failed to learn much from her friend. Louisa was startled by a voice from behind her. Dr. Benhayam? Louisa turned to see Betty Jorgensen standing behind her. Betty was an elderly woman who'd lost her entire family to the first diphtheria outbreak. Husband, son, 
his, her son's wife and their three young children. She had been a volunteer at Memorial for more years than for years before Louisa's arrival and had continued to volunteer since the disaster. Louisa was humbled to be surrounded by such strong women. She gave Amanda's hand a squeeze and said to Betty, yes, doctor, there are people here, a soldier and a boy. Louisa waited for Betty to continue, but the old widow, she had to be in her late 60s or even early 70s, seemed to think this was all she needed to say. The National Guard had posted permanent guards at the hospital, though too late to save the kerosene or Timothy's life. Almost a month after Amanda had been forced to lead the staff to protect the non-perishables. The soldiers were here now, 24 hours a day, guarding the hospital. Quite often they brought people in who needed treatment. Betty, does the boy need treatment? Yes, doctor, he's got a broken leg. Louisa turned back to Amanda. Go, she said, squeezing Louisa's hand one last time and began the struggle of turning her face to the ceiling. With the corporal's help, he had just begun field medic training when the disaster struck. Louisa had set the boy's fractured femur. He would be unable to walk without crutches for several weeks, but Louisa expected a full recovery. Louisa was hand deep in the plaster of Paris she was mixing for the boy's cast when Betty shambled into the room. Doctor? Yes, Betty? I thought you would want to know. Dr. Tipler has died. She said it matter-of-factly, as though Amanda were not someone with whom Betty had worked for years, was not Louisa's best friend. Louisa felt tears forming and tried unsuccessfully to fight them down, but a tear rolled off her cheek and went plink in the plaster of Paris. The next morning, Louisa was doing what she could to ease the suffering of one of the remaining 49 diphtheria patients, when Betty once again startled her from behind. Doctor, there are people here, a soldier and a woman. Louisa sighed, remember, recalling there a similar conversation just the day before. Betty, does the woman need treatment? No, ma'am, the soldier says she's a senator. Betty paused, says he is a colonel or adjutant or some such. Louisa snorted in surprise. Colonel O'Reilly is here? Was Senator Morganson? Morganson. Betty cocked her head. Yes, I think that's what she said is her name was. That's it. You're muted. Sorry about that. I was sitting, I was I was sitting back enjoying the story. That was fantastic. Um, I love how you you started off with this kind of like desperate um, emotional scene and you use that as kind of a bridge to introduce these characters and their their lives, their worlds and kind of the world around them and the world that you're building. And you use this this emotional uh, this emotional scene to kind of piggyback off that and and going back and forth between, you know, the pros describing, you know, their lives and and the things they've been through and then going back to this this you know emotional moment in the hospital or whatever um that was that was fantastic that was that was a great great ride you took us on thank you yeah um so 
Um, I mean, obviously, it's part of a, a, a bigger a bigger work of art. But if you want to tell us a little bit about the book and um, and sort of what what inspired the, the characters or the setting or or whatever, what what came to you first? Um, it's a post post apocalyptic piece. So there's there's been a terrorist attack on the U.S. and government at all levels has pretty much been destroyed. Um, it, I started writing this long before post-apocalyptic pieces were popular, you know, before The Walking Dead and all the stuff that's come since then. And now that The Walking Dead is out, um, it, it was always my intention to, to give the story kind of a happy or at least um, hopeful ending and now that we've got pieces like excuse me here's my kitten um lucifer um now that we've got all these really deep dark not very hopeful happy ending uh, post-apocalyptic pieces now um i'm very happy to be back on this one because i i want to get it out there and show people that Bad shit can happen, but it doesn't have to be so bleak and hopeless. Right. Has um has any of these that any of these um television shows or or books or whatnot influenced since they've come out since you started writing it? As the have they influenced um anything about it in any way? Um, a little bit. Um, there are places in the synopsis now that I've gone to make a little darker. Um, because there were things about the post-apocalyptic world that I hadn't considered. Um, but more than anything, the, just the, the overall bleakness and lack of, for a better way to put it, happy ending, or at least hopeful ending has really made me want to emphasize that part of the story. So at the end, not everybody survives, but at the end, there's a look forward to a better world. Yeah. I mean, sometimes as a writer, I mean, and, and just in life, um, things require, it requires sacrifice to, to move forward and to, um, to, into better things and to achieve better things. It, it requires sacrifice. And uh, as writers, we kind of, there's a saying, I think it's you, you kill your darlings or whatever. There's some, there's, there's always like that one of those two characters that like, you know, they're, they're really great characters. You love them and nobody wants them to die, but like somebody, somebody good has to die before the yeah. end of the story. Somebody that is going to make you like care about it and get angry or get sad has to, has to die before the end of the story for it. You yeah. know, I mean, that's not every story, but, you know, um, the vast majority, especially especially um, stuff like that, post-apocalyptic and, and fantasy and, and science fiction and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic piece. I'd, I would love to hear the rest of it when it's done. I can't wait till that comes out. That's going to okay. be awesome. Um, is there anything else you would like to um, talk about um, before I – oh, I'm sorry – I didn't even I didn't even bring the other artists on here. Yeah. See see if they have any other questions for you before I 
Hey guys, what's up? Um, anybody have any questions for James? So yeah, man, like um, I I, I enjoyed the story thoroughly. Um, just uh, I want I want to know what happens next. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Well, That's where I'm at. On in a couple months and do chapter two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What, what is your writing process? Um, I'm having a terrible time organizing everything I have to do in a day. Um, uh, just discovering that writing is a business. So um, I, I often find myself writing at three o'clock in the morning for that reason, because during the day you're making phone calls, you're trying to, you know, uh, trying to market yourself and things of that nature. So how do you find time to write? Well, the reason I'm only as far as I am on this novel is, and the others is that I, I haven't forced myself in the past to keep a schedule and what I've discovered is that I just got to have a rock solid schedule that I stick to every day. So um, my new method is I've got my day planned out and, you know, I do things at a certain time. I get off work. Um, I work out for a little while. I make dinner. We watch some TV and then it's 630. I come up to my computer and I don't care what else is happening. Uh, I don't care what my wife wants me to do. I just sit down and I write for an hour and a half from 630 to eight. And then I, you know, go shower if I need to go to bed and get up at four in the morning, four in the morning, four thirty, whenever I happen to wake up and uh, start the day over. But that just, having a regimented schedule that I just simply do not deviate from is, is the only thing that I've been able to find that works for me. I'm, I'm just like Ed. I'm I, like I said to him when he was on doing his piece, I'm up at three, four in the morning. That's when I'm writing or I'm, you know, whenever I get a odd second or whatever. Um, but, and I've, I've heard from a lot of my famous favorite writers, my favorite, um, fantasy or fiction writer is uh, Jim Butcher. And he's, he's talked a lot about how um, it's the most important thing about writing is writing. You have to sit your ass in the chair and carve out the time to get it done. And you have to force yourself to make that time to get it done or it won't get done. Just like I mean, anything else in life. I don't want to say it's a business, but you, yeah, it's work. It is. And you got to treat it. At least I do. I mean, yeah, I can't speak for anyone else, but I got to treat it like it's work, which means I got to start it at a particular time and end it at a particular time and repeat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can see that point. I can definitely see that point, man. Um, like for me, it's a little bit harder. I'm still in the uniform. I'm still active. And so... <laughs> Uh, and then running the organization, then my kids play sports. So, yeah, it becomes a, like I got to write when I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Life, I mean, life gets in the way. But, I mean, we're, that's what we're writing about, too, is life. So you got to 
you got to live life to write about it and vice versa. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, you got to write, make time out of your life to write about it. And right. it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a tedious balance for sure. For sure. Um, any, any other questions for um, James or anything, James, you want to say before I get, get us out, get, get you out of here and go to the next artist. No, I, I think I've talked enough for tonight. All right. All right. Well, I will uh, get us, get uh, Chris back up here and uh, for his second poem. All right. What's up, man? Uh, so your second poem, what, what's it going to be tonight? Uh, my second poem is entitled PTSD. Um, all right. So, so bear with me. <laughs> all right. I, I feel you. Got myself. PTSD. P, post, present, prediction, potentially harmful to the mind. When I think back on the time and reflect of the rhetoric of those who inflicted pain, I am left drained. See, the disdain was clear and in plain sight, and you'd rather die than put up a fight with the might of your mom. Who would hover over you curled in the corner with closed fists, strike, lick after lick, you son of a bitch, you look just like him. And struck again. My pee started as a child, which leads me to T. Trauma, traumatic, tumultuous tragedy, as I wore the scars under my clothes and kept my mouth closed from the pain endured. It was T. Tenure of trauma, childhood sibling drama, but most importantly, it started with Mama, who would beat you to a pause. I had to take a subtle approach of reproach as I was gasping for air and choked, but this did nothing but provoke the angry, insidious beast that lived in me, the hate and anger and envy. Oh, dear mother, your beatings only smothered me for a minute, but I knew one day I would win it, overcoming the pain as the tears fell like rain. It was no surprise that one day me and my belt had a heart to heart. This piece of leather spoke to me and said, Chris, do it. Tear yourself apart and let's depart this world together. I'll be your noose and we'll be forever tethered. A storm weathered by me in my closet. I hung choking, gasping, yet still asking, God, is this the final bit? Are you going to let me go through with it? But he stopped me. Which leads me to S. Yes, stress. Stressful life stresses that cannot be vacated from our minds like paper to our dresses. The un, this is that real life unbearable to measure pressure. Feeling down one, one minute, then blessed. I've seen too much death and have had to lay to rest some of the best people in my life. We have one that can't be lived twice. This stress on my shoulders as I got older didn't just fade. Though I tried to evade the grenades of the painful serenades and persuade myself that this couldn't be my reality. 
and suddenly realized that it was really an actuality. The terrible principalities that had governed my existence, lost in the pursuit of persistence, the pain would somehow just fade into the distance. Who was I kidding? It was just the beginning of a spiral in the downward, which leads me to D. Disorder. Disarray. Dismal dismay of the day, the day I tried and didn't die. One, then two, then three. Felt pills, pills, but my life didn't spill. War didn't help either. It just set off the disturbance of emotions and conduct created by my mental construct to confine my own mind. It was only a matter of time that the release for the landmine would explode and be exposed to all those who thought my jokes were me just being funny. But secretly, I was struggling with the juggling of flights of emotions, a power potion that set the actions in motion. I had invoked them stirring the pot as my flesh rot. I couldn't see the light. I had lost sight of the positive. I was questioning God. Why did this and that happen? I'm trapped in between a rock and a hard place. Yep, the hard place, the hard space. No trace as I tried to erase the very being of me. That's what it's like to live with PTSD. From a child to a man, I sift through the sand of the pain and abuse. But as soon as I found him again, I was set loose from the chains and the pain and the tears that fell like rain. And these are the words of the poetic one. So let it be written. So let it be done. Well, God damn, bro. Fuck. That is probably, and I'm not, not even exaggerating, that is one of my favorite poems I've ever heard and by far one of the best we've ever had on the fucking show. That hit me deep, bro. That hit me deep for sure. Your words are fucking powerful and dark and fucking poetic and just so many more adjectives that I don't even have right now as that that was that was great dude um, thank you I, I appreciate it I you, you want to talk a little bit about it I mean I it, I be, it kind of speaks for itself but I mean what, yo, when that, did you write it uh so I wrote this um I wrote this uh 2021 2021 yeah, this is not this is not fresh ink. I have a lot of fresh ink, but you know, when you come on, um, you want to be able to share some of the like at least at least for me, you know what I mean? Some of the more powerful pieces or the things that can be able to resonate with with other people, right? Um, that may have experienced, you know, childhood trauma, trauma through war, trauma from you know, just just trauma, period, right? And so this piece, sure. Yeah, this piece is a one vulnerable, two, you know what I mean, um, a huge release, right? And so I my pen and my pad, my my notes in my phone, that is my therapy to clear my mind when things start to creep in, you know what I mean? Get it, get it put on paper, you know what I mean? And so yeah, this is real stuff. This is probably one of the poems that's going in my book that I'm working on now, which is entitled The Real the fake and in between. So I'm, I'm putting my poetry book together. So it, like, if you just think about the title, 
it's going it, it tells you exactly what it is so yep. it'll be that real stuff you know and then my fiction poems and then the things that blur the lines between fact and fiction you know what yeah. i'm saying so uh i'm looking to get that out you know, i like that soon. and i like that i like that concept that's that's pretty dope because i have a lot of shit like that i'm i'm actually putting together something um something similar myself uh For sure it's, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be called the epic tragedy of a perfect fuck up, <laughs> and so it's sort of like a it, it's I, it the poems that have been written over a course of time, but it's it's kind of like that. It has a lot of like a lot of different things, you know what I mean? So some of the real shit that's like you know all like one hundred percent me, and then some of the you know fictional stories, and then the you know this the stuff in between, and like I really like how you fucking worded that and just turned it into a title, like the whole concept. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a project, man. Uh, I'm looking at uh, one have an ebook, um, an ebook come out, uh, paper like a paperback book, and as well as an audio book. So be on the oh, lookout. Hell yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. I'm definitely gonna try to do definitely gonna try to do the audio book thing, like I was saying earlier. Um, and I, I'm gonna try to like I'm not. You know, I got to get better at my reading or whatnot, but uh, I've you know I've always wanted to read my own audio book and have it have it on Amazon. So that's super dope. I can't wait. I can't wait till yours come out. I'll definitely pick that up for sure. Oh, you're muted. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm gonna get uh get uh other people up here and see if uh they got any questions or comments for you. All right, got you, got you. What's going I'm on in right now? <laughs> uh, who, who wants to go first? Oh, you're muted. Sorry about that. For the I just want to say I felt that. That that touched me. Thank you. PTSD has a way of creeping up on you. You don't know. Yeah. Sorry about the echo, guys. Nah, it, it it really does. Um, you just you never know, man. There's there's a there's a bunch of triggers to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but I'm just saying it. I I, I just want to say I felt that. That's gonna be that's gonna stay with me for a while. Yeah, one hundred percent. James, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah. Um, not about art, but business. Are you planning on doing the audio book yourself? The, the, the reading of the performance? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would read the poems, obviously, um, just with the, um, the emphasis, because I, I could share my poem with you, like, but the emphasis that, that comes on some of the words and, and stuff like that, even trying to get somebody else to read it, it's like you, you got to tell them how you know when when they hit it because at the end of the day when we're when we're either on these lives or we're on a live stage you know um, the performance is everything it's how you deliver it and and stuff like that because you know when we look at a lot of things it could just be words on paper you know what I mean and depending on what it is like people may not know where the emphasis is at and and things of that nature. So it would definitely be me, my voice on, on the audio book um, for sure. You know, the stuff I write, I think isn't that dependent on me performing. So 
I I would think that you'd be crazy not to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Spoken. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's spoken word, um, and it's definitely like I I feel what you're saying on that. I most of my poems are like I, I I'll spend hours or days figuring out exactly how I want to say it. And I mean, I've changed some things around from like, I performed it on a show one way and then I released it on YouTube and it sounded a different way. And I emphasized different words. Cause I was like, you know what, when I was reading, I was like, Oh, you know what? Next time if I say that, like, you know, differently, like it'll hit, it'll hit harder and it'll, and it'll make more of an impact. Or if I like slow down and just say it slowly, meaningfully, it'll make people actually listen closer to it, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a big thing, you know? Um, uh, and, and I think maybe, maybe Ed can attest to this too. Um, if he, if he acts right. So when you act and you're, you're, this is, this is a performance. So what our art is, is, is in the writing. However, the delivery is a huge portion of it. You know what I mean? And so it is going into character, like actually going back to those moments where it is that you can bring those emotions with you when you deliver. You know what I'm saying? So taking that that nostalgic piece and being like, all right, cool. This is this is where I, you know what I'm saying, I know this needs to go or this needs to hit. And for me, I don't like I don't I don't like practice it. I don't read my poems over in a certain way. It literally is how it comes out. So once I write it, then when I read it, I will read it the same way the entire. Oh, you cut out for a second. Oh, I think you're. Uh... Your mic, something's happening with your mic. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. You're good. You're good. Yep. Uh, my mic, my mic turned off. That's crazy. But no, no um, what I was saying is, is that I perform some of these poems on Clubhouse and stuff like that, but people can't see you, but they can hear you, and they can hear where the emphasis is in the passion. That, that comes into it. I've also heard artists that perform performing like a monotone. They have great content, but when they go to perform it, it doesn't come off and it doesn't engage the audience the way that they hope for it to do. And then when they don't get the responses that they that they want based off of it, it's just like, hey man, delivery is key. And how it is that you can be able to touch people slightly with acting if you don't deliver properly it's like okay what, what was that about right so performance and 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 doing that delivery is key yeah yeah definitely feel that feel that um does anybody else have any questions or comments for chris before we get him out of here all right cool uh so we're gonna um drop you guys out of here and we'll bring uh ed back up Hang on, let me unmute you. I think you should be good now. Uh, so what's what's the second piece we've been sharing with us tonight? Uh, so what's, what's the second piece we've been sharing with us tonight? 
Oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm be uh, reading the first page of my work in progress. And uh, this is based on a true story. And um, uh, this is what we're uh, turning into a screenplay at, at this time. Okay, cool. I'll drop myself okay, out of here. Cool. Cool. Uh, the book is called Handle, correct? Yeah, the book is called Handle, correct? Amber. All right, cool. Based on a true story. The ghost come back to haunt me again tonight. The cold whispers of regret and promises made years ago. They flip through my, the shadows of my Brooklyn hotel room, mingling with the shivers crawling up and down my spine. My hands shake as they hover my finger over the send key of my laptop. For a moment, I feel as desperate as a man falling from a tall building, waiting for the ground to cave in from below me. The dim light of my laptop screen creates a whole cast my hotel room in an eerie white glow. The fear in my gut melts into a cold, bitter ache. I've been staring at the screen for what seems like an eternity now. As the ticking clock behind me reminds me of the approaching deadline, wondering if the words dancing in front of me now will be good enough. Good enough for her my fiercely honest friend, the one person who rescued me from the darkest, grimmest corner of my life. The culmination of years of hardship and struggle, my story, our story, her story, a promise made to her. We climb through the depths of despair together, holding on to dignity by a thread. The cursor hovers frightenedly, like a judge's gavel about to be passed verdict. My heart races in my chest, beat by beat, syncopated by the inhales and exhales of a man turning the final pages of an old life and opening a chapter to a new one. With one deep breath, and the button is pressed, and it's gone. Three long years had led me to this point, the late nights, the blurred lines between reality and imagination, the brutal dance with the malignant, the malignant spirits of my past. It had all amounted to a manuscript that sang her story, a story that was every bit mine as it was hers. Burdened by the weight of a vow, my heart squeezed tightly in my chest as my mind waged war on itself. The commitment feels immutable. I feel a sense of pride and accomplishment, yet intoxicated, somehow still empty, knowing that my hard work was finally putting to the test the injustices, and that injustices would finally be exposed and love explained. I close my laptop carefully and button my coat I picked up a bouquet of white, 12 white roses, the petals the color of a full winter moon off the dark walnut desk. 
The frigid air rips through my coat, chilling down to my core. I drank in the Brooklyn sound and mulled over my life. The place and the streets were inked into my very soul, just as the words, the words of my manuscript had flowed from my fingertips like a torrential flood, bringing life to each character and immortalizing the lives into bits and bites to pages of a book that sprung into existence. I captured the essence, essence of a place that the people that change the course of my life like a earthquake changes the course of a river, a place that was meant to be a haven, but twisted into a crucible giving birth to my new existence. The city was alive with the frenzied pulse of humanity, the sidewalks with people, laughter and conversations, but I felt a strange numbness cloaked in heavy silence. As I wandered along the streets of Brooklyn, memories of how life had been before swirled before me, the promises and the pain tugging at my soul. The end. That was fantastic. Again, I want that audio book. I want, I want I that want, book. I want that book. <laughs> I want to hear more like about say, this so story. It's based on a true story. I want to hear more about this story. And I, I like how it's kind of like uh, an inception where it's it's a story, and then the character has a story um, that they're that they're talking about. So it's kind of like story inception. Um, that was that was very cool. And as like I said before, you 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 have a way with words and painting a a very like vivid picture and just the way you describe things like the rose, the rose stuck out to me and how you describe the color of the rose and just, um, just certain things when you use metaphors, um, to, to, to just amplify, um, the effect of how you're trying to describe something. Um, and, and, you know, a rose is just a rose. Like, I mean, like Chris was saying, it's kind of how you word things and how you say things. Um, you know, a rose is just a rose on paper, but like, the way you worded it and it, it gave it more meaning. It gave it more uh, depth and, and reality. And that's, that's awesome. Um, so obviously it's part of a bigger piece, but when did you start writing this and, and what inspired it? Oh, sorry. Hang on one second. You're muted. Let me get you unmuted. We got technical difficulties. Come on. Hang on. I'm fixing it for you. One second there. Right. Oh, I think I think you might have froze. We got technical difficulties. I, I need to get a sign for that. Some kind of. Oh, I okay. He's unfrozen now. Let's see if I can get his mute. Uh, Mike unmuted. There I'm we go. Still on mute. See if I can get his mute. Uh, there we Mike go. Mike unmuted. There we go. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. All right. 
Um, um, yeah, what inspired that? What inspired that? Well, like I said, I, it's based on a true story. Um, Amber is a real person um, that I met at the beginning of the um, at the beginning of the pandemic, and she was this marvelous woman, um, a tiny little girl, had the fierceness of King. She asked her um, take on a of that she saw abusing a homeless woman. And she jumped into the fray like with no fear whatsoever. And um, she, I just found her inspiring. So the story is basically about her uh, living inside of a homeless shelter and bringing together these people that she called her family, this homeless, this group of homeless people that she called her family and battling against uh, the corruption that occurred inside the homeless shelter. And um, the uh, narrator of the story is one of those people that she adopted as her uh, father, really, her father figure. And um, she asked, she made him promise her to tell the story. And that's what inspired, inspired this book. Um, him telling, so this book is him telling the story of his relationship with her and um, how they together fought the corruption inside this homeless shelter. Wow. Yeah, that does sound like an inspiring story. Wow. Yeah, that does and sound like, like an inspiring story. Taking a true story and, and adapting it to your own way. Story and bringing it to light, you know. Also, story and bringing it to light. You heard it. I think it's something that more stories like that need to be written. More stories like that need to be written. Yes, the 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 hope for this story and uh, the screenplay is to expose the um uh or to dispel the prejudices of homelessness and mental illness. Uh, because she does suffer from uh, mental illness as well. But she's a real person. All these people have real stories. They're not they're not the uh, image that you that you think of that many of us think of when we think of the homeless and the ment mental illness. They have stories, they have lives, they have dreams, they have purposes, and they're all struggling to get out of the tar pit that they find of homelessness that they find themselves in. And um, but there's a lot of people surrounding that tar pit, ready to push them right back in. So I'm hoping that this story um, exposes that. Absolutely, man. I, I like I like absolutely. One man. Of my I, I like I like one of my and tell the stories of the underdogs and tell the stories of the underdogs better and stronger than they were. Better and stronger than they were. Exactly. Um, I do have a question for everyone. And that question um, is, um, when I started writing um, this, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. My question is, when I started writing this, because it is based on a true story, uh, I am fearful now because um, uh, one of the relatives of the uh, protagonist, 
has contacted me. And um, the first thing he said is, well, I don't really want any money. And I'm, I'm like, um, well, I was shocked to tell you the truth. I didn't know that she had, had any relatives. And, um, and while I'm not using people's real names, I'm wondering what kind of exposure do I have here to writing a story that's inspired by actual events? If anyone has a, an opinion. Um, I mean, oh, well, I'm first I mean, of all, my, my opinion. Well, I'm, first of all, my opinion. This seems a little bit rude. Um, I'm not. A I'm, bit not rude. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I don't know what relative it is. So I don't know if they have any. So I don't know if they have any. I think we lost the other two artists. They they must have cut out on us. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, we'll have them come back or not. Um, but yeah, no, my I think that yeah, uh, no, my I think that uh, it's I think it's good to be exposing that. I think it's thing. good and, to be exposing uh, that kind of thing. And now and, out in the open, uh, and I mean, and now out in the open, and I'm in trouble. And there, uh, there are consequences. I mean, trouble. There, uh, there are consequences. I mean, I guess, but I think in the wrong ones, never mind. It would be worth it. I think in the wrong ones, never mind. It would be worth it. There have been that, about um, people without their, 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 their families. Um, people without their, well, I agree. I agree. I just don't like one. I don't want to change all the characters simply to avoid it looking like someone's life because it's a true story. And right, like you I said, I think the story should be right. Told. You have to, yeah. You do have to be so, faithful. To, uh, you do to have to be faithful to source the, material, to and the, the source material is source is material, and the source material is is a true story. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh well, Absolutely. we'll see what happens. Right? Absolutely. I yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I mean, I can't wait to check that yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to check that out. Okay. When you come on again, if you have more of it you want to share well, with us. Come on again, if you have more of it you want to share with us. Of course, of more. course. And right now we're crowdfunding on Seed and Spark. Uh, right now we're crowdfunding on Seed and Spark. It's uh, Amber uh, by Tobin Frost. And uh, we're hoping to... Uh, make this into a movie as well as releasing it as a uh, hardcover book hell yeah that's awesome that's awesome and uh you make sure you got hell yeah you guys that's awesome out, that's awesome um, and uh you other make sure you got you guys on amazon called uh, catching smoke um also his website catching smoke.com um and catching smoke films um and uh you can follow him on facebook at edward bates 
Um, and you can go to his website, Toby Frost, and check out um, all of his stuff. So uh, make sure you guys go check that out. And um, I apologize. The other artists cut out on us. So um, we don't have any feedback from other artists. Um, but I appreciate you com for coming on. Um, I'm going to do... One, I'm going to do one more piece uh, before the end of the show. And then uh, if, if you would like to ask me anything about it, by all means. Um, and then, then we'll wrap up the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll catch you in a few minutes. All right, guys. So real quick before we wrap up, I just got a short piece for you. Um, I wrote this a while ago. I kind of found it, um, you know, deep buried in the vault. And I was like, oh, this one's. This one's cool. I'll bring this one out and show this to you. Um, so if anyone's ever heard the song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, um, this is a kind of a part two to that. The Devil Went Back to Georgia. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of just about the the downfalls and the pitfalls of, of fortune and fame and what that can lead to. Uh, so, yeah, The Devil Went Back to Georgia. Let me just load it up real quick. Here we go. <clears throat> The devil went back to Georgia. He was looking for a man named John, but all he found at Johnny's house were four rusted strings and a broken bow in the lawn. Johnny's family had said when he won that bet that he'd never be the same, and sure enough, though it happened slowly, Johnny began to change. All that gold carved a hole and, and left nothing in its place. See, for ten long years, Johnny tried to get up and walk away, but he couldn't escape the feeling he felt when he held the fiddle and played, because it gave him all the things that he thought that he had craved, we couldn't buy him a single friend to stand beside his grave, besides the band of demons who played love songs at his wake. And so the devil and, the, and so the devil finally stole the soul that he had traveled there to take. And that is that piece. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I'm gonna bring Ed up here real quick. Um, yeah, what did you what did you think about that piece? You got any questions did for you, me? What did you think about that piece? You got any questions for me? I love that. I love that. That that is great. I love that. Um, Thanks. I, Thanks. I, I I love how you interwoven a, a known idea, a known premise, with your own uh, creativity. That like I love that. I love that. It's it's like when you're watching a, a movie and you see an Easter egg and you're like, yes, yes. And it immediately yeah, envelops you into the story that you're listening to. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of what I was going bravo, for. Bravo, bravo. Uh, that's kind of what I was going for. I mean, I was, I great, was going. Great. I mean, I and kind of um, the rhyme scheme in which I wrote it. I was trying to kind of recreate um, without the music, obviously, because the fiddle music is. I mean, that's seventy percent of that song. That is fantastic. Um, but I was trying to create recreate the same vibe and tone um just kind of with like a dark twist um and yeah i i it kind of got inspired it because um i think it was last year or maybe i'm not sure how long ago it was but I, I i found this song that um nickelback had done a cover of um uh, the devil went down to georgia but they did it with um an electric guitar and it had slightly different lyrics it was the same kind of thing but it had slightly different lyrics um, catering to more rock type music and the electric guitar. And I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Like he took that song, he took the concept and the, and the whole vibe of it and he turned it into his own thing. And that, that was kind of what I was trying to do with that. Um, and I, you know, 
a big thing that I've always talked about is I'm not, I'm not a big fan of these big Hollywood corporations um, and big labels and big music companies and whatnot. Um, I like to keep things small and independent. And I think those big artists are getting fucked and, you know, they're, they're selling their souls to the devil, which is kind of what the, kind of what the poem is about. So, yeah. Um, But anyway, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. So much for coming on. I appreciate it. Has it has been my pleasure. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, um, make sure everybody goes and checks uh, out. Make sure everybody goes and checks out. Um, goes and checks out all of. Um, goes and checks out Edward's all of. Tobinfrost.com, catchingsmokefilms.com, his book Catching Smoke on Amazon, um, his book for pre-order. Um, on tobinfrost.com amber and if you want to crowdfund him for the movie amber seedandspark.com go check out chris um at um the poetic one z on tiktok and on facebook at the poetic one and his facebook group poetic excursions go check out james um at his website that i named earlier in the thing but i'll i'll one more time, www.ocetacea.net uh, slash James Norris. You can find, um, st- and on linkedin.com slash James Norris, you can find links to all of his stuff. Um, so I appreciate everybody for coming on. Thank you all so much for in the comments, the people who came on. And like I said, thank you guys so much. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you again next time. Hope to have you on again. Peace out, man. Thank you.